0: Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner.
1: This is episode number 394, How to Heal Trauma and Own Your Personal Power. With Lisa Erickson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Last First Date Radio. I am Sandy Wiener, and we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and in love. What is a woman of value? She's someone who knows her worth and she shows up, stands up, and speaks up. Every week, I bring you a tip on how to become that woman of value. And this week's tip is learn how to delegate this was probably one of the hardest things for me it's still hard i love to do so many things and um you need to you need to delegate in order to really get things done and i'm finding it more now than ever now that i have two of my adult children with me full time during the coronavirus sheltering at home and uh delegating i am working all day you are not (laughs) can you please dust today can you make dinner and so that goes for you if you're working if you have children at home if you have a spouse or a significant other delegate 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 people really want to help you but they won't know what you need unless you ask for it so that's my challenge to you today to ask somebody for help and you'd be surprised that you're giving them a gift as well as giving a gift to yourself So before I bring on Lisa, I just want to remind anybody who is not yet a member of my amazing Facebook group, Your Last First Date. Don't forget the your. Please join us. We are an amazingly supportive, positive group that helps people move forward. We are not into bashing and being unkind. It is not tolerated in my group. So this is in my opinion, one of the, one of the most um, helpful groups out there if you're single or if you're in a relationship and you're over 40. Um, join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Lisa Erickson. She is an energy worker. She specializes in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing. She's the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women, Women and she helps women maximize and balance their energy during key life transitions such as pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, and menopause. She also works with women to heal from abuse and assault. She's a certified, she's certified in a variety of energy healing modalities, and she is a practitioner with the Breathe Network, which is a nonprofit dedicated to supporting holistic healing for sexual trauma survivors. She's passionate about helping women connect with their feminine energy. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Sandy. Thanks so much for having me and for that great tip at the top. It already got my mind going on some of our (laughs) themes that we're going to talk about today.
1: Oh, good. Um, So you call your work Women's Energetics. Can you tell us what that is, please?
0: Yes. Well, energy body work or energy healing, energy work, there's a lot of different branches of it, types of work that connects us with our energy bodies. There's forms of meditation, mindfulness, and then there's energy healing modalities like Reiki. I work with the chakras or energy center, and primarily I help people connect directly with them themselves through guided imagery, breath work, mantra work, affirmation work other kinds of visualizations and tools and exercises to help people connect directly to their chakras, these energy centers in their energy body. So in women's energetics, we're focusing on specifically the way that women's energy bodies function differently from men often chakra teachings are presented as one-size-fits-all. And in fact, there are differences in how women's energy bodies function, especially in relationship to our various life transits that you already mentioned, pregnancy, menopause, even menstruation monthly. And also in terms of our overall, the kind of energy body we have, we're very absorbent and empathic by default. And learning to work with that can be really helpful for a woman.
1: So true. I think that women, you know, we've, we've achieved so much equality and I think that, mm-hmm. that there's been a lot of blurring of the lines like women are just like men and yeah. we're not just like men. And I think that it's important to recognize the ways that we're different and the ways that we need to take care of ourselves because we're different. So based on those differences and the differences in our energetics, how do you recommend that women work with the energy that they have, their energy body and Mm -hmm. their chakras?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in general, what women tend to need to focus on is boundaries. That's kind of on the energetic level. Really, energetic awareness, emotional awareness to develop the ability to tell what emotions you're feeling are really sourced from yourself and what are emotions that you're taking on from family members, from your partner, from others. There's an energetic tendency for us to, which, I, which is kind of technical, so I won't go into it so much now, but you don't have to know the technicalities of it to, to really realize it in your life. There's, an, there's a technical energy body difference in a reason why we're more absorbent and then there's conditioning that we receive and i have 13 year old boy girl twins uh, among my three kids so i really see this even now today considering myself in a progressive household progressive parent the different conditioning that they receive around their emotions and how Boys are still very much conditioned not to express certain emotions that they're considered weak. And girls are still conditioned around taking responsibility for other people's emotions. So you put those two together and (laughs) what do you have? Mm -hmm. You have a tendency in heterosexual relationships for women to take on the emotions of their partner. And their partner not to be processing their own emotions. And that's a whole dynamic that impacts both people. So that's a big part of this is understanding chakrically on a chakra level. How can I develop better energetic boundaries? How can I let go of some of the conditioning that I have around taking other people's emotions on? Boundaries are crucial all the time, but
1: especially at a time like this when we're in the middle of a pandemic. And... When you are an empath and when you are taking on other people's emotions, it can be horrible to, you know, be able to to be in this space today. Mm-hmm. So how um, you know it's interesting when you have twins, and I, that really made me think about like even an aware parent. Mm-hmm still we you know we have a tendency to con- to condition our children and mm-hmm. i have i have a son who's very emotionally aware and has incredible boundaries and used to be a people pleaser and so he mm-hmm. took on a lot of the traits i think because i treated all my children as equally as i could um he also dressed up as a girl half the time and <laughs> he was a little boy he was uh, wearing his sister's tutus and ballerina outfits and Mm -hmm. and um but he knows how to process and he realized very early on that without boundaries he was depleted all the time and he was taking Mm -hmm. on everybody's energies um so so if you can explain like what is this chakra level thing like how Mm -hmm. are we how are we to go about not taking on everybody's everything
0: yeah our boundaries energetically are really rooted in two of our lower chakras, so maybe i 'll talk about those lower three chakras there' different chakra mappings that have developed in different cultures. but the main ones that people will see in the West when they walk into say a yoga studio is seven chakras, or if you Google it online, you know seven chakras, seven energy centers spanning from our tailbone to the top of our head. And they each link to different parts of our body in terms of energy medicine and physical health. And they link to different psychological functions. I actually wore green for the heart chakra today. They each have mm. colors because of the theme of your show around love and, and that kind of thing. Um, but the lower three chakras, our root chakra and our tailbone, our second chakra and our pelvis, and our third chakra in our belly, which I actually like to use the navel as a focus for, they're the foundation of our energy system. And they are all really critical to our boundary ability, especially our root chakra at the tailbone and our navel chakra, those two chakras. So what I outline in my book in Chakra Empowerment for Women is a boundary tool called Second Skin that really anyone can use, where you focus on those two energy centers at your tailbone and your navel visualizing red light there and then imagining it forming emanating out and forming a second skin all around your body that's like an energy skin and you can still connect from the heart it does not uh, impact your ability to connect with people but it creates this energetic default of their actual emotions bouncing off the outside as opposed to coming into you. And it's just a tool, there's a lot of different tools, but what it does is it if someone works with it over time, it reprograms their way of being in the world. And for women, it's really important because our energy bodies are actually anchored in our second chakra, the one in between those two, that's by default receptive and fluid, connective, and that's that can be a great skill in terms of being an empath but it causes us it's part of the reason technically that we take on these energies. So, you know, these energetic tools are just another tool in your tool set along with a lot of other tools that are out there for helping you function as an empath in the world.
1: That's a that's a great exercise. I think that, you know, I've heard it called Teflon, you know, where it bounces yeah. off. Um, it so it that reminded me of that of that mm-hmm. exercise. Because otherwise we're absorbing and so yeah. I've also heard the term, don't, don't ab- absorb, observe, don't absorb, right? So if yeah. you're taking on everything, you're just looking from the outside. And I think all of these tools help us in our toolbox mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and I love that you talked about reprogramming, because I, I mm-hmm. think that people don't realize that even if they've, been this way for a lifetime that they can actually reprogram. Mm -hmm. So how long does it take in your estimation to really start to change the neural pathways and reprogram how we are in the world?
0: Yeah. Well, I like to use research that's come out around just habit forming. That's kind of the best that we have, which is in general, if you practice something every day for six weeks, a habit will start to develop, right? And it depends how often you're practicing and what you're doing. With this tool, for example, Second Skin, I suggest that people do it once in the morning for five minutes and then once midday for six weeks, and it'll really start to change your default, right? Most people can commit to that. I really love for everyone to have some sort of meditation practice because all of these kinds of tools, whether it's chakra or mindfulness or any sort of energy-based or my uh you know awareness-based tool is they all founded on the same thing really that ability to observe your thoughts and emotions create some space between your thoughts and emotions so you have the ability to choose your response as opposed to just reacting so i'm a meditator and i really love people to develop a daily meditation practice not everyone feels that's realistic so then I think taking a tool like this and just doing it in these two, five minute periods twice a day for six weeks can still really have that reprogramming benefit. And that's been the experience of, of most people that I've worked with.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I know a lot yeah. of people are resistant to meditation.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> But mindful, and I think that has a lot to do with control and um, I know I I was one of the resistors mm-hmm. and I'm taking a course right now in positive intelligence and part of it is using an app that has us do mindfulness training three times a day with our eyes closed. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that for me, mindfulness is natural, but mm-hmm. for a lot of people, just slowing down, being present. Um, is just really hard and they're not even aware so i think just just that presence being present find getting back to present and in any way you can and this is a great tool and i think you know if you if you can implement it listeners twice a day um, i think you'll see big shifts yeah yeah
0: well and traditionally it's interesting because in the traditions that taught energy meditation or energy practices Working directly with your with your chakras is said to speed up change, because it's this interface level between your physical body and your psyche, and your shifting at that vibrational level impacts both at once. So that's kind of the traditional teachings that the t- teachings in which you explicitly worked with your energy body speeded up change. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. You know, for um, some people who are resistant to meditation, sometimes they take to chakra work because of that feeling that they're doing something, <laughs> you know, if they have a resistance to just to just sitting, just being still. So I think there's different modalities for everybody, but that that's kind of my pitch for giving chakra work a try if for anyone out there listening that hasn't resonated with other forms of meditation or practice.
1: Great. Okay. How did you get into this field?
0: Well, really, I first started with chakra meditation over 30 years ago because I was experiencing stress, headaches, and uh, stress stomach aches in my prior career as a technology executive in my 20s, straight out of college. And, you know, chakra meditation wasn't that common then, but it really launched this whole exploration for me of energy healing and kundalini-based practices. Kundalini is the spiritual energy that moves through the chakras. But I didn't switch careers, or I didn't even consider it really as a career until I had a health crisis after my first daughter was born. And doctors really weren't able to help me. And I had to turn to these energy healing modalities that I'd been studying for years, but hadn't had to really rely on on that way. And I started researching women's health, women's energetics. All of these kinds of topics, and it really led me down this whole other uh, this whole other pathway. And I started sharing it with others, and that's that's really how it began. Mm, cool. Yeah, I mean, not cool that you had a crisis, but right. <laughs> cool, it got worked out. Yeah, okay, cool, it got <laughs> worked had,
1: out. And, yeah, and that you then I had my to...
0: twins 19 months later, so then I really oh, wow. needed stress management tools. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is quite a, uh, a <laughs> short time between. Yeah,
0: now that, they're all teenagers, as we were talking about before we started. So. Yeah,
1: and that's, that's a whole other level of that stress. That is a whole
0: other thing, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. I remember when my kids were all teens, now they're in their 20s and early 30s, and it's, just very different and yes, actually a lot better.
0: That's um, good to hear. Yes. I have a lot of eye rolling in my house. I mean, so <laughs> it's very humbling.
1: Yeah, I only, <laughs> I only have one who gives me a hard time now um, and I have adorable grandkids. So it, that makes it all worth it.
0: Yeah. I'm looking um,
1: forward to that. <laughs> yeah. It's really something very special. Um, so Let's talk about perimenopause and menopause mm. and how a woman's energy body changes.
0: One of my favorite topics. I am fifty three and have just kind of completed my menopausal transit. I had kids fairly late in my late thirties. Um, it's interesting. In our forties, we really women go have energy surges, really. And some people would tie these tonight to hot flashes for those who have them. We have surges in our second chakra that's the anchor of our energy body. Without getting too technical, what this means is that we're having like this pressure applied to obstructions in our psyche, you could say, to owning our power. And so our 40s are actually a tremendous opportunity to lean in to that which we have not faced past trauma- Old conditioning that's holding us back, relationships in which we're not happy and we haven't been admitting that to ourselves, all sorts of other things. And if we do that, there is a what menopause is is it's a it's a rebirth on an energy technical level. What it is is it's just a shifting of our identification from our just our physical body to which we've been very heavily tied in this monthly cycle, right? That really uh, is this kind of background to our life for 30, 40 years. It's always there. Right? And now we shift into a deeper identification with our energy body. Our, you could say, our spiritual power really. Even if you don't think of it in terms of spirituality it is an opportunity for a real uh, rebirth. And there are energetic tools that can help with that process and can also ease the physical Challenges of menopause that some women experience. Well, I certainly went through that
1: uh, <laughs> transition Did you? during my forties. Yeah, I um, I was in a marriage for twenty three years that really was not working, pretty much mm-hmm. most of the time. And mm-hmm. in my forties was that was the period when I just said I have to reclaim who I've who I am. Wow! I can't live like this anymore, and I. I didn't move towards anything known. I just moved away from stuckness and feeling outside myself. And that's how I began coaching. I did the coaches training. It was like just finding parts of me that got lost over 20 some years and probably longer. And it's um, I find a lot of women in their 40s are waking up. They're... Mm So it's inter- interesting that it's connected to the energy body and mm-hmm. going from the physical body, because we have people reach menopause at different stages. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we, you know, tuning in to what's happening in your body and mm-hmm. just tying that into what's happening outside of your body, like in your, in your spirit, in your energy.
0: Yeah. Well, and thank you for sharing that. And it's interesting, you know, how many stories I hear like that, but you heeded the call, basically. You didn't just push it down and kind of choose the path that maybe felt less risky. Uh, And so that was really kind of leaning into it, uh, as I was saying, and that's really the opportunity. Um, And it really, we need to reframe aging, right? We need to, for both men and women, Mm -hmm. reframe aging because we think of it as just becoming kind of more and more fixed more and more rigid, the body deteriorates, you know, from a medical perspective, as opposed to we're actually accumulating more and more wisdom, more and more self-knowledge, more and more connection to the subtler levels of our being, including our energy body. And that's what's happening as we age. Um, You know, it's this growth, as opposed to this shriveling (laughs) kind of thing
1: yeah it's 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 so interesting the whole aging process and i think that the coronavirus has also brought a lot of this up Mm. because people like 55 and over are supposed to be at high risk and Mm. and i truly believe that it's really about people whose bodies are diseased who Mm. have who are more at risk because there's a breakdown. And I mean, that's my my definition of it because I don't think everyone who's over 55 or 60 is breaking down at the same rate. And Mm -hmm. if you're taking care of yourself and you are both physically and mentally, spiritually, emotionally healthy, I think we have a much higher chance of fighting disease. We have to look at ourselves. We can't, we're not all one size fits all. Yeah. And I think aging has really shifted over the years. You know, certainly 30 used to be old. <laughs> now, yeah. you know, 50 people are just beginning new careers. And my, my career began in my 50s. And yeah. It's, it's, yeah, the sky's the limit. Like you, you limit yourself, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. Yeah it'll be interesting to see as this all settles and that we get more as we get more information who truly was at risk because I know some of the numbers I saw out of South Korea was a lot of smokers made up a big uh, portion of those you know so there's subtleties beyond, behind these, simply the age thing that we've been getting Yeah, exactly. and we just don't have enough information yet yeah
1: yeah I think if your lungs are compromised for sure this is a disease of the lungs I mean it's yeah, yeah. So let's talk about trauma because that was one of the topics of today and, yeah. um, and, and I love that you work with trauma survivors. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, I mean, trauma comes up in coaching all the time and mm-hmm. I am not a trauma specialist, but you can't ignore trauma when you're helping people with dating and relationships.
0: Yeah.
1: So how does trauma impact our energy body?
0: Yeah, I mean, there are variations, obviously, but one of the patterns is disassociating from the lower chakras. We talk a lot about disassociation when it comes to trauma, and I especially work with a lot of sexual trauma survivors, so this is very common, some level of disassociation, because the body was the site of the trauma, right? So then you're disconnected from those lower body functions that we were just talking about are the foundation for boundaries from an energy mm-hmm. perspective. You're disconnected from your ability to form boundaries, perhaps. Also, those funct- those uh, chakras form the foundation of our immune system, our stress management system. So all of those can become compromised. So from an energy perspective, I work a lot with helping people become reconnected to those lower chakras. And really what they have a lot to do with is Reconnecting to body and emotions in a new way, because that's what those first two chakras, in particular, are linked to. I think the other pattern that I see a lot, though, and your opening tip around delegating made me think of it, Mm -hmm. is uh, this: this is a different pattern. Like people have different ways that they have survived, that they cope trauma. Right? They had different coping mechanisms. That then, at a certain point become dysfunctional when they're in regular life, right? So the other one would then be a kind of locking in the navel chakra, a attachment to control, almost like a vow, I will never be vulnerable again. And someone functions like an island. They can't delegate. They can't trust anyone else to do anything, right? But that is exhausting. And so individuals who kind of take that approach often just at a certain point break down through pure exhaustion. They may, before that point, seem very successful in the outer world. They may really have achieved a lot, right? But inwardly, they're just an island cut off. Uh, And so then the work is a little different. It's really about flow, letting go of that fear, uh, working through that and allowing there to be more uh interdependence both between the chakras and between themselves and others that shows up a lot in my practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and you know because
1: at work we you don't have to be vulnerable like you have to be Mm -hmm. in relationship and it's um it's fascinating to see the survival skills that lead Mm -hmm. people to a certain level of success Mm-hmm. And it does catch up with you, you know this mm-hmm. is why people come to coaching and to you later in life, when they're like this isn't working, and this yeah. is not fulfilling to That's just right. live your life with work work, 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 and yeah. wanting connection more than ever and i and I think again, today with the coronavirus and the sheltering at home and social isolation, people are feeling that isolation more than ever. And yearning for connection and I'm about to teach a class on how to find connection during the pandemic when you can't meet face to face what can you do because we do reach out and we need to find ways to form deeper more meaningful connections I think it's Mm -hmm. having us all take a a deeper look at what's really important
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, and, and, and looking at it through the prism of the chakras, our throat chakras linked to communication and expression, and it's really like in this right now when we are connecting mostly through social media and technological means, how do we create authentic connection as opposed to just a lot of noise, right? Because when we're anxious, we also have a tendency to just express, express views Uh, express our view of it, you know, Um, or uh, isolate, you know, one or the other. It's kind of an overexpressing of the throat chakra or a holding in. And trauma survivors often have secrets they've had to keep, right? Sexual trauma survivors in particular. So there's patterns already of separating themselves. So seen from a chakra perspective, it's a lot of throat chakra work too. How do you truly authentically communicate from the heart and open up those doorways? Um, not function from a place of communication being a kind of wall as opposed to a form of connection. Wow.
1: Easier said than done, but important work. I mean, this yeah. is to me, this is critical work. I, yeah. I'm such an advocate for communicating from your heart and being vulnerable, and it's scary. It's scary, it scary. for people who, especially if your walls are really high and you've mm-hmm. been protecting your whole life
0: yeah
1: yeah um so it's interesting with the throat chakra um so how does working energetically help us in relationships
0: well really we are exchanging energy with people all the time in the form of emotions and all of our interactions everything has a vibration and from an energetic perspective you know it's kind of the same message that it may seem very cliche, but is true, Uh, you know, that you sort of can't find love or truly love until you love yourself, which, you know, sounds hopelessly cliche, but from an energetic perspective, it's really true that the heart chakra is the center of our chakra system. Everything flows through the heart chakra. It's all about balance and a lot of work Uh, Is about shifting your relationship to yourself and that then shifts your relationship to others. A lot of that is heart chakra work. What is your self perception right if you're highly critical of others if no one is ever good enough. Usually you have an internal voice that is also saying those same things to yourself. Right. every time you look in the mirror. So if you first work on, from a heart chakra perspective, opening up your heart chakra, flooding yourself with love, shifting the internal dialogue around that, that then shifts how you look at other people and how you relate to them. So that's just one example, but that's really the message of working at the chakra level. Again, it's another tool set among many tool sets, but for those who it resonates with, Ultimately, it's about shifting your internal vibration, and that impacts how you present yourself in the world and how other people respond to your vibration.
1: Yeah, that's beautifully said. Um,
0: <laughs> I,
1: I'm just, for our listeners who are wondering what it means to flood with love and opening the heart chakra, like, can you give an example of how that might look or what they might be able to do to get that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just very simply placing your hand on your heart, on your center of your chest, and just feeling a warmth there. And one way that I often encourage people to start to connect with this is to visualize someone who you have great affection for in a very uncomplicated way, (laughs) like a pet, or a young grandchild or niece, right? Like an uncomplicated affection. And often right away, even someone who's never worked with the chakras will feel a kind of warmth right there. That's like that feeling of wanting to hug that kitten or that young grandchild to your chest. That is the feeling of the heart chakra. And just then focusing on that daily, building that, it sends uh, energy through your body. It impacts your energy, your physical body. It impacts your psyche. It supports whatever other changes you're trying to do in terms of your sense of worthiness. So that's really you know, chakra work. You can combine it, as I do in my book, with more kind of physical exercises and mental exercises, journaling, that kind of thing, talk therapy. But at heart, it's really just about Learning to magnify certain energies at will, and practicing them, and they bring about their own shifts as you do that.
1: That's that's great. So I, I like the tangible because then people will go, okay, I can
0: I can practice. I can this. do that. I realize yeah. my grandchild. That's yeah.
1: right. <laughs> or my
0: pet or my a... kitten, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Something that's not driving me crazy.
0: Well, I heard uh, YouTube watching of YouTube videos of kittens and puppies is exploding right now. So oh there my you God. go. <laughs>
1: so much and Ariana Huffington posts um, what she calls joy triggers. Mm, so yeah. if anybody wants to join her on Instagram, she has the funniest things and today I saw I saw a really funny video on my friend's Facebook wall. And it was uh, before and after the coronavirus. So first the before is this like really sexy guy dancing. And then after the coronavirus is like this really out of shape guy <laughs> with a huge belly just dancing around. Quarantine
0: and- 15. Yes. Quarantine. I, yes. <laughs> we've been doing a lot of baking around here. Yeah, yes. Definitely and happening.
1: we've been <laughs> lots of carbs and chocolate. And you know what? Stress eating is okay too
0: it's at the moment the least of our issues right yeah exactly
1: yeah and we can't sustain that for too long like today my family woke up and said salads yeah. fruits we can't eat like this anymore so we've yeah. been injecting i had kale for breakfast um
0: oh, good for you yeah our bodies will naturally sort of shift I mean. yeah
1: our bodies are like no don't do that to me anymore So for anybody who's watching, this is the book. Go out and buy it. (laughs) And um, tell us, Lisa, how we can find you and buy your
0: beautiful book. Yeah. Well, the book website is chakraempowermentforwomen.com. And my blog is mommymystic.com. And the book's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and IndieBound and uh, Llewellyn, the publisher, uh Amazon is is slow to ship it right now. All print books are slow to ship at the moment. So you may want to try one of the other sites if you want a print version. Kindle of course you can get right away. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as chakra empowerment.
1: Okay, I'll put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Lisa, this has been really enlightening and I love that you gave some real tools that people can practice to really shift especially during this challenging time.
0: Well, and thank you, Sandy, for having me and for offering these ways for people to connect at this time.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. And if you love our show, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon.